No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that Joshua, in obedience to the command of Moses, brings the people to Mount Abal where he builds an altar and recites the book of the law to all the people. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. It seems like so much of life happens between what we plan. I believe in setting goals. I believe in fighting hard to achieve those goals. But God has ordained that we should have periods of work and rest, battles and worship. And often, real, abundant life happens during these off times. That is why I so love Sundays, for it's our time out from the week when the body of Christ comes together to celebrate who we are in Christ. Today, we come to an interlude. Joshua and the children of Israel were battling enemies as they conquered the promised land. But they took time to worship God and to make a memory. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 8, verse 30. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. The children of Israel had two victories under their belt, Jericho and Ai at a time when they may have felt pressed to conquer the next city, Joshua took them 30 miles north to Shechem, which lie in the valley between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Now Moses had commanded them in Deuteronomy 27 that the people were to go to these two mountains, which formed a natural amphitheater where they were to worship the Lord and to hear his word. This action teaches us that we must take time out to worship God and to be taught His Word. It is our identity as God's covenant people. Joshua built a simple altar of unworked stones. As Moses had commanded, God did not want them to be giving attention to the beautiful altar, but to the Lord alone who had brought them into the promised land of milk and honey. According to 1 Corinthians 1.29, it is God's will that no flesh should glory in His presence. Now, some churches offer more of a life performance than a simple worship service. And unfortunately, that glorifies the flesh rather than glorifying God. Our worship ought to be free from distraction so that God alone may receive the glory and the attention. Joshua offered burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar. The burnt offerings were the entire animal. This represented the entire consecration or dedication of the nation to God. The peace offerings, were also known as fellowship offerings, where a portion of the sacrifice would be eaten by the offerer. It's sort of like a barbecue with God. 
This spoke of gratitude to God for all he had given. The burnt offering, peace offering, and sin offering have all been fulfilled for us in Jesus Christ. He is the consecrated one, the burnt offering, who offered his entire body for us. He is our peace offering, who has made peace between us and God. In fact, the Bible says that he himself is our peace. And he is our sin offering, whose blood cleanses us from all sin. Verse 32, And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. According to Deuteronomy 17:18, the king of Israel, when he sat on his throne, was to write for himself a copy of the book of the law. But here we see Joshua doing this, writing it on large stones that were covered with lime in front of all the people. Now, we speak of something being written on stone as having permanence. I believe that this was the idea. Whereas the two tablets of stone with the Ten Commandments were in the Ark of the Covenant and the book of the law that Moses wrote was next to the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place, this copy of the law would be in full view of the people as a monument. So everybody could see it. Everybody knew what the word of God was. Now the question is, what did Joshua write? Some think the Ten Commandments. But it seems from the context that it must have been much more than just that. Others think it was the entire five books of Moses. That seems like it would have been too much for Joshua to write at this time. Still, others think it was the book of Deuteronomy, or at least chapters 5 through 26, which contain Moses' retelling of the law before the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River. That makes the most sense to me, but nobody really knows. It is interesting that archaeologists have discovered similar inscribed pillars six to eight feet long in the Middle East. The Behistun inscription in Iran is three times the length of Deuteronomy. Verse 33. Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them, half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. Now, all of this was contained in Deuteronomy chapter 27, all of the instructions. And it, in verse 9 of Deuteronomy 27, uh, Moses said what the priests and Levites would tell the people. Take heed and listen, O Israel. This day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. So the whole thing was a great reminder of God's covenant, of his laws that they were to hear and obey right in the middle of them conquering the land. Now, the people would be divided into two sections. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, which included the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, and Benjamin were on the foot of Mount Gerizim. 
This was the Mount of Blessing. Then Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali were on the foot of Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing. The Levites were in between in the valley, and so there would be this natural amphitheater as the Levites and Joshua would call out the word of God. Verse 34, And afterward he, that is Joshua, read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. So understand how this works. Joshua, as he's speaking forth all of the words of the law of God, he comes to the blessings. And when he says the blessings for those who keep the law of God, then all those who were on Mount Gerizim would say, Amen, Amen, you know, after each blessing. And then as Joshua came to the curses for those who disobeyed the law, then the, the other group, the other six tribes on Mount Ebal, they would say, Amen, Amen, every time uh, Joshua would give the next curse, you see. And so there would be this very memorable time of hearing the blessings, the curses, the full covenant of God, the book of the law, and would be a great reminder to them that they were God's covenant people. Now, Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified Version. He said, Till I come, devote yourself to public and private reading, to exhortation, preaching, and personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. Paul wanted Timothy to make sure that he gave plenty of time for the public reading of the scripture. And that's really what they were doing here between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, this public reading of the scripture. And I think sometimes we don't do that enough. We need to give great respect for the public reading and the teaching of the word of God. I am thankful that I actually get to pastor a church where people really want that. They want me to teach the word of God. They come to listen to it and they give great respect for it. And that's really what we're to do. And I think it's interesting that when Joshua did this, I mean, this was a long amount of word to have in one sitting. And yet, all of Israel, the women, the little ones, and the mixed multitude that had come out of Egypt, they all listened to Joshua speak forth all the words of God at this time. Now, this was good. It's good to have the words of God written on stone monuments. It's good to have the words of God in public places where people can see it. But better still is when the word of God is written on our hearts. In Jeremiah 31, 33, this is what God said through Jeremiah. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. What we need is not only the listening of the word of God and the knowledge of the word of God, but to put it into practice so that that word becomes part of us. As we will see, the people listen to all the words of the Lord here 
But we will see that in the next chapter, they failed to do what the law said. And James tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. As important as it is to have times where we listen to the word of God or have public reading of the word or family devotions or whatever it may be, what is really important is that the word is written on our hearts and that we do that which we read, lest we be self-deceived in thinking that it's just because we have the law or we have the knowledge of the word of God that we are justified. No, it's not those who, who know it or have it. It's those who do it who will be justified. I do believe in the saying that this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. But we must allow the word to penetrate our hearts so that it brings forth good fruit. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where the Gibeonites, inhabitants of the land of Canaan, pretend to come from far away to make a treaty with Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Joshua on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.